What is going on, fellow chatters? Today on the show, I get a chance to chat with indie wrestler Gregory Iron. We sat down at the Alpha One Wrestling event in Oswa just before the show started. We talked about him being a veteran of the indie circuit, how much it has changed, and how being a pro wrestler with cerebral palsy has given him different avenues to inspire. The coffee that is along for the ride today is home-brewed. And now, here is my chat with Gregory Iron. A little bit of a drive today. Tough drive today, Greg? Uh, could have been worse, yeah. but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. you're now here for the, the Alpha One show that you, you put on. You're here about once a month for for the Alpha One, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Alpha One. It's yeah. really become like a home away from home yeah. for me. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a trip for you, but is it like it must be worth coming up? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, usually, um, you know, when we wrestle in Hamilton, the trip for me is about like uh, four hours. Trip up here is about five and a half usually, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It gets it's sad when um, indie wrestling really changes your perspective a little long and a short drive. So it's like five <laughs> and a half hours, uh, a little bit of snow, six and a half. Oh, that's it, fine. I guess that's part of if, if you want to be a wrestler, you have to enjoy driving. Yeah, like, I, you know, when I first started, it used to always be like a complaint because I would always drive my car with like a group of guys because like I think you'll find it's still the case like a lot of indie wrestlers just don't drive and it's like what the heck like you're in a profession where like you need to get around you know yeah. what I mean if you're gonna make it so it's like I used to get very stressed when I had to drive my own vehicle and I was always the one that wanted to drive and stuff but like now it's gotten to the point where it's like I welcome driving my own car <laughs> yeah. driving myself I get control of the radio and whatever and, and if, if I don't have a group of guys I just drive myself it's actually very relaxing I feel like I'm always on edge so if I could just sit in the car and listen to music and listen to a podcast yeah. Like, I have no choice but to chill. You know, I can't go work exactly. out or anything. I just have to relax for a little so bit. You're, you're now considered an, a veteran of the indie circuit, if I, you can believe that. Yeah, that's weird, man. That doesn't make <laughs> yeah, it almost you, 13 years. Like, you now have people, like, look up to you. Who, who's looking up? I don't know who's looking up. Anyone who's starting, they want, they want you know, get some tips. Like, yeah. you know, because you've had challenges. You've sure. had ups and downs in your career. You've had, you know, big ups. Like, the, the you know, the moment, you know, CM Punk and Coke Cabana brought you onto the ring. And then you've had your Steve Austin podcast. Yeah appearance which was which which was fun because it just for that was steve just wanted to know every little bit about you yeah <laughs> did yeah. it feel like it was like he's dissimming me into bits and pieces or it, it's it for me of strange like steve does a lot of research for his podcast in general and so for me like in that moment for him before he even started recording like for him to just be telling me stuff that i've done and everything and like just during the podcast i'd have these moments where i thought to myself at some point in the last couple of days, Stone Cold Steve Austin was on his computer Googling Gregory Iron and watching my matches and, like, taking notes about me. And it's like, here's a guy that, like, I grew up idolizing. Yeah. You know, for me, like, as a kid, it was Hulk Hogan. But, like, in my angsty teenage years, like, I, for me, and I feel like a lot of other people, yeah. it was Stone Cold Steve Austin, that whole, you know, fight back against authority and, like, you know, do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to do. That's what you believe. And so it's like, I don't know, I really looked up to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. So just have that, you know, I've had a couple moments now where I've been at his house and like recorded the podcast and uh, it's surreal and I don't think it'll ever stop being surreal just like like I'll talk to him like a dude like yeah. I'm talking to you right now but yeah. I'll have these conscious moments where I'm like this Wait isn't just a dude this Wait is a Stone sec. Cold That's, Steve Austin you know? I watched him on TV now I, yeah. but it's like you, you know, like like fans of you 
you know, especially with indie wrestling, I find it the best is that the wrestlers are very like friendly. They, you know, welcome people, talking to them and that. And I think that's, you know, people see you on, you know, on the internet, and then you go to some promotion that, you know, might necessarily have those kind of wrestlers all the time, and they're very friendly, and you're like, they, they just love you for that. Yeah. You know, what uh, kind of tips do you give wrestlers who who want to break into the business? Like, what's a little bit different now than it probably was 10 plus years ago yeah um but i think like as much as things have changed i mean i think indie wrestling's evolved like everything over yeah. the last 10 years right but uh mm-hmm. the one thing that doesn't change is like you know you really have to be dedicated and have a bit of a passion for it i feel like most guys get into wrestling thinking um here's what i want my entrance music to be here's kind of like the character i want to present uh i want to get on the top rope and hold a belt over my head you know be the champion or whatever like i think they think about that and maybe they even think about what their finishing move is going to be but i really don't understand i don't think they understand like um just the amount of hard work that goes in in the in-between like you know getting psychology down and like the bumps and the bruises the wearing and tears and like those long drives like you know to make it when it starts like if you want to get in this business and be a guy who wrestles for your hometown and never goes anywhere like i hope you're not expecting to go to wwe because that's probably not going to happen yeah. like if you really want to make it it's about being willing to lose money take that chance and like make those long drives to more prominent places and like lose your ass for a little bit just, just because like that's that's how you break in you know like i did that for the first five years that i wrestled until anything happens and um i still have my ups and downs and i'm still learning 13 years in so you just have to be able to take the risk to fail because like wrestling's not a guarantee and if you're willing to do that you know like i think you'll end up um finding something special along the way and enjoying yourself and you have you noticed the indie has changed over the last i mean even the last couple years it's really changed where oh yeah there is sort of uh, a bigger spotlight on the smaller promotions or even like the mid promotions. There's a lot more uh, spotlight on them. And I think a little bit that has to do with with the ease of streaming. Uh, people have ability to see um, wrestling events that happen, you know, uh, on the other side of the country just by turning on their computer or their phone. Yeah. Uh, what kind of differences have you seen over the last few years? Well, I just, like like you're saying, like streaming has really changed the game. It's, it's all about the internet. I mean, I feel like it's made the world such a, such a small place, you know? So it's like... It, 10 years ago, people weren't watching New Japan Pro Wrestling all the time. It was still more of a tape trading, DVD trading type deal. And like now it's like, it's for me as a wrestler to know what that was like 10 or 12 years ago when wrestling was kind of like on a downturn. When I got into wrestling, like it was not popular in 2006, you know? So to go in like Hot Topic and see New Japan Pro Wrestling t shirts, WWE t shirts, it's crazy. I mean, like in the last uh, five years and particularly in the last couple years, like just the fact that like guys more around my size are like getting the shot in WWE and in places like New Japan and how um, just the business overall is thriving to a point where I never thought it would again after WCW and ECW closed like those Monday Night Wars um, it was such a hot time in wrestling I never imagined that we can get back to something like that I mean especially with AEW coming along now and like offering guys contracts and opportunities and like you know one of my best friends in the world is, is John Johnny Gargano. Like yeah. just like five years ago, I could imagine a guy his size 
getting the opportunity to be like a top guy and like he's just killing it in NXT and um, all my friends are like killing it and like ma- we're all making money yeah. you know it's like it's like we're all getting to live the dream to some extent yeah. it's like I don't know it, it's overwhelming but it's cool and it just shows like if you you know we, a lot of us have stuck in this for 10 or 15 years at this point 20 years and it's like it's nice to see that like we're all making a decent living at something we love so much yeah. it's good for everybody yeah for sure for sure now I, I like I know the elephant in the room you have cerebral palsy yeah. it's been well documented well talked about on, on different podcasts and, and interviews you've done um, what I want to know is what is sort of the reaction to to people who come out to watch the shows who don't even know who you are uh, what is the reaction after the show like do they even notice that you do have cerebral palsy which limits you know the right side of your body yeah do, do they notice that or is it or is it just kind of oh okay I uh I try to um, imagine every show that um, even if I'm a regular somewhere that someone's going to show up that doesn't know my situation. So I try to make it at least if I don't cut a promo or something in the ring, like I, I try to have the announcer put over to some extent. Obviously, they're not going to go into graphic detail like uh, debilitating the right side of his body, particularly <laughs> in his arm, hand, and fingers. Please look at that. Uh I hope that they at least mention the handicapped hero yeah. or the only pro wrestler yeah. with cerebral palsy. So it's like kind of like so they have to pay a little closer attention. Yeah. Um, sometimes people don't notice, and and you know, particularly kids, a lot of time they walk up to you like, "What's wrong with your hand?" Or they see it at the gimmick table or whatever, and uh, I just kind of explain it to them. It's um. I don't know. It's 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 whatever. Like sometimes people notice, sometimes people don't. At the end of the day, I feel like um, my goal as a performer with cerebral palsy is if you don't notice, and I have to explain it to you, whatever. Um, if you see it up front, I think it's my goal while I'm performing to create moments within my match for even if just for a second. I think the magic of wrestling is to make people think that it's you know for a second that's real. But for in my case, it's like a little deeper than that. Where it's like I think for a moment. I have to make you forget that I am technically a disabled pro wrestler, and because I take a lot of a lot of pride in that. Like I, I know I'll forever be the yeah. wrestler with cerebral palsy, but um, I'm very artistic, and I like to be able to run the gamut of emotions and do a wide range of characters and be a bad guy and be a good guy. And like cause when I started doing the bad guy thing, no one thought I could do it. They thought it was ridiculous that this five foot four guy with a disability would think that. That he could be a bad guy, but I had stuff in my back pocket that I just thought to myself, there's a way to make this Well, work. there's different ranges of, of being a bad guy. A bad yeah. guy doesn't mean breaks all the rules. Yeah. A bad guy is, you know, well, why can't, you know, I have this, so maybe, why don't you let me do it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, like, well, also, too, like, like, you know, there's various degrees of cerebral palsy. Yeah. Mine is mild in comparison to some people. And, like, there's a lot of disabilities out there where, like, people have enough sense like I'm not saying everyone is doing it but like look if you're telling me that there's people out there with disabilities that don't kind of exploit and like stretch what they can get out of that disability and take advantage of people because of their disability like you're crazy you know what I mean because their people are messed up right so in my mind when I wanted to be a bad guy my mindset was if I was a garbage human how would I take cerebral palsy and flip the script and like you know like almost like because I have this disability it's your fault and you owe me something for it it's kind of like I always find it funny like um, you know when I was younger I worked at retail like old people would come into stores and they're just just be like 
there's two different ends of the spectrum. You get like really, really kind old people that just, just want your help, and then you get these really, really irritated, I'm angry for no reason old people that like feel like they're entitled to something because they got old. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like if I could just take, there was a way to take this disability and flip the script on people and make them think like, you know what, this guy's disa disabled, but F him anyways. Like, he's a piece of crap. It, it, was, it was take Greg Irony and reverse it. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, and it, it yeah. just goes back to yeah. psychology because, it's like, I mean, there's shades of gray and yeah. good and yeah. bad, and it's like uh, I knew that I could make being a bad yeah. guy work if people just gave me the chance. Now, for I know for for like the big guys in WWE, um, being a a heel or a bad guy necessarily is a bad thing. It's uh, probably a good thing sometimes. But in the indies, especially when you're trying to, to, you know, make money, sell your merchandise, what sort of aspect does that come into play when you're playing a bad guy or a heel? I think it um, really depends on the show. I I believe that there's a way that, um, to a certain extent, um, in the time we live in, I think uh, fans sort of, the smarter fans sort of want to be in on the joke, right? And the fans, the more casual fans, if they if they really buy into you being a bad guy, I don't know if they're necessarily going to buy your merch anyways when you're at the merch table, right? So I feel like if you can hit this... Um, sort of in the middle ground where you can kind of be a jerk if those casual fans want to interact with you because they're not going to buy your yeah, stuff anyways. Yeah. But I feel like the fans that, like, get it, if you're kind of a, that same jerk to them, they're, like, they're in on the joke, right? So they're still going to buy your stuff. So I feel like unless you're being, like... Um, I don't know, incredibly rude and crass, yeah, like to yeah. a point where yeah. it's like, okay, you're kind yeah. of crossing the line, man. Like, um, I feel like you can still make money and be okay. Because again, yeah. like, that's 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 the world we live in. Like, casual fans are going to yeah. buy into you being a jerk, and they're yeah. going to help boo you for yeah. real yeah. and give you that heat. And the smart fans will probably also boo you. Some of them will cheer because they just want to yeah. like the bad guy. Yeah. But like, I think they want to be in. And then they joke. support you too. Yeah, they yeah. want to support you. That's Whether yeah. Now I know you've t you've taken your the your sort of inspirational wrestling career and turn it into being an inspirational speaker. Yeah. Um, who do you want to reach out to with your speaking? Anyone. Um, I feel like uh, my story, elements of my story... Um, I don't know, it could touch anyone from all walks of life. I mean, it's not just about, like, disabled people, yeah. um, adults. Well, I, I, don't, like, I don't know if, if your inspiration would be sort of to keep it targeted to that because I think people who are, are fully able can see that, wow, if he can do it and he can get to that level, there's no reason why I can't. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like um, sometimes limitations aren't just physical. Yeah. Like, we, have, yeah. we all have yeah. mental oh, yeah. limitations yeah. that, like, you know, people have told us, like, we can't do something and like that shuts us down you know what I mean like because um, someone says that something's impossible it doesn't necessarily mean it's impossible I mean like if I listen to every person that ever told me it's ridiculous for you to want to be a wrestler you know we wouldn't be having this conversation right now but there was something I don't know ever since I was a kid um, you know my dad was a my dad was a custodian my mom was like a printer and, and my dad kind of liked drinking a little too much and my mom was a drug addict so for me I always thought to myself, um, there was always this thing in the back of my brain that told me, like, I don't know, I don't want to do something that's nine to five. And I don't want to say, like, I don't want to do something that's normal. It's to each his own, right? But I felt like there's just... I was meant for something more than just I'm gonna punch in somewhere and punch out. Like yeah. I wanna I wanna try something yeah. 
bigger than myself, I guess. And um, I think that's a important message for anybody. It's like, you know, the hardest step you ever take towards any goal is the first step. And I feel like it never, it doesn't get easier after the first step, but I don't think it ever gets any harder because to take that first step with the chance that you might trip and fall right on your face, like that's really scary. It's scary for that to happen. When I first entered wrestling school, I thought to myself, um, what if I suck? Because it wasn't even a matter of like me being a disabled wrestler. I didn't even know if I was athletic. I never really did anything athletic in my, in my life. So I thought to myself, if I'm not good at this, like how, how is that going to crush me? Am I going to be able to look at wrestling the same? Will I ever be able to watch wrestling the same? thing that I've loved and held in such a high regard um, but I took that first step and I sucked and I failed a lot but I never I didn't run away from it right away and yeah. I'm glad that I didn't because it's given me uh, I'm not rich but it's given me some of the most incredible moments of my life that I would have never experienced otherwise well I think more I think rich money-wise maybe not but rich in your mind and yeah. happiness I mean it's worth probably worth that first part of, of of trying and failing to be where you are now yeah like I think I think I tried to uh, I think I was trying to convince people while convincing myself like I'm going to do this and when things started happening it was like oh wait a minute wait, this is for real happening <laughs> yeah. like me and CM Punk and uh, me and Austin and uh, just uh, some of the guys I've worked with like the Dudley boys and you know Zach Allen was such an inspiration for me yeah. like getting into wrestling and like now he's like my tag team partner one of my closest friends I mean like sometimes I gotta like I don't know I gotta pinch myself it's, it's weird like you don't know where your hard work and like your dedication will take you okay so bringing it back to 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 the the long trip that you took and and other ones that have taken even further to get uh, get here today what occupies you on the road uh, like not just driving but going to different towns and, and, and having to stay overnights in places other than your home. Yeah. Um, a bigger, a bigger picture. I don't know, like a bigger, knowing that there's something bigger on the horizon at all times. I never really know what that is. Like I have like obviously goals. Like I want to like impact people in a positive way. Like sometimes I think to myself, um, I'm, I'm not an overly religious guy. Um, sometimes I think to myself, um, you know, if it ends tomorrow, um, what if the only afterlife is, is uh, the memories we leave behind? Um, so um, I'd like to think just um, what we do in this world is important, like the people that we impact, the, f the friendships that we make. Um, friendships are so important these yeah. days. Um, photographs with people that I care about. Um, when I first started wrestling, it was almost like taboo with photographs with like bigger wrestlers yeah. that you were working with and stuff because you don't want to look like a mark. But like now it's like I don't care because like one day – this is going to be over, you know what I mean? I want to be able to look back on this and have other people look back on this and think, like, he did some really cool stuff and, you know, think of myself, I did some really cool stuff and, like, touched a lot of people at the same time. I think that's what it's all about. Cool, cool. So, wrapping up the chat with you, I do a, a segment called Fast Five. Yep. So, it's five things. First thing that pops in your mind, let me know what it is. So, if you've never, if you never wrestled, what do you think you would be doing now? Uh, definitely something I hate. Um, I was in college for communications, um, so maybe something in broadcasting, radio, something like that. That's I hope that's what I'm doing. I, it's something I wouldn't hate that much, yeah. but it it wouldn't be wrestling. Yeah. <laughs>
Who is your dream opponent? Um, you know, uh, for me, personally and professionally, even though I've wrestled him before, um, like I said, Johnny Gargiel is my best friend, yeah. and I've wrestled him dozens of times. Um, in a perfect world, if I could also be in WWE and wrestle Johnny in WWE, just to like share that. You know, yeah. we've basically yeah. grown up together and like um, told such great stories on a smaller scale that not a lot of people have gotten gotten to see. If we could just tell like one story in front of like that worldwide audience yeah. would be like that would be cool. like just overwhelming. Cool. Uh, poutine or pizza? Pizza. Pizza all day. <laughs> Double, triple cheese. Pizza. <laughs> Favorite beer or alcoholic drink? I don't drink. Probably man. don't. I, I was gonna drink. say. I was gonna say. I, you probably I, don't drink. I love uh, Coke Zero. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's my drink of choice. Yeah, that's too cool. many energy drinks. Yeah. Probably gonna destroy my kidneys. Actually. Uh, favorite place to pick up a shot of Java. Never drink it. You don't know. No coffee. Just no, energy drinks. Just energy drinks, man. Uh, Rockstar. Uh, I actually didn't even have coffee until like uh, three or four months ago. Like RJ City does this uh, coffee it's, in his underwear yeah. thing. And, and then as you're drinking, he's like, what's your favorite coffee? I'm like, uh, I guess this one. I've never drank it before. I don't know. Like, I eat like coffee flavored things, but like I've never drank coffee. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks very much for uh, taking time out of today and chatting with me. Thank you. I Perfect. had a good time. I would like to thank Gregory Iron for chatting with me and thanks to you for tuning in. And you can contact me on Twitter at Jason Perry. That's at Jason P-E-R-R-I-E-R. And use the hashtag chance to chat with if there's someone who you want me to chat with. Until we chat again, I'm out.